This is Loudspeaker. Hey there, I'm your host, Sarah Menares, and you're listening to the We Podcast, where together we find inspiration, encouragement, and growth through stories and real talk. Here we navigate the messy human experience together. We raise our voices and speak our truth. In this space, we value the conversations that broaden our perspective and help us fully understand that we are connected, we are capable of growth, and that we are not alone. Are you ready? Let's get real. You're listening to episode number 110. In this episode, I get to talk with Tasha Smith. Tasha is an old soul and lover of life who believes in chasing our dreams. She believes our greatest gift in life is time, so she tries to cherish every single moment. Tasha had a previous career where she oversaw 400 companies and personally consulted over 150 businesses. She has since built several of her own successful companies from the ground up. Later on in her life, she decided to follow in her family's tradition and become a fourth generation chiropractor. After seven years of running her own chiropractic practice and trying to raise a family, she realized that life had suddenly taken another turn. Even though she had a weightless practice, she began to personally struggle. She couldn't figure out what was happening because she was achieving everything that she had ever dreamed of, yet she felt as though she was starting to lose grip on life and really on who she was. And her health really started to seriously decline. Her stress was literally killing her. She has quite the story and in this episode we talk about burnout, we really focus on what is burnout and how society really pushes us to chase only success and happiness without truly listening to ourselves. Tasha now has a consulting business helping those who are serving others and are heavily burdened by all the stress that they experience being successful and a high achiever. So I can't wait for you to hear all the insights in this episode. So here we go. I met you for the first time. You came to a We Are Women Rising event meetup. I think that's the first time we met, right? Yes. I think that you had just moved here and I don't want to tell your story for you, but you were very new to Colorado, I think, when the first time I met you. Yes, yes. And I was so, you know, when I first moved up here, I think moving from Texas and starting over from the beginning, you know, you really want to seek out people who are like-minded. And so I was so fortunate to come across you and the We Spot. And yes, I attended a couple of your gatherings and was so grateful to be with like-minded women who really understood, you know, understand life at a different level. Yes, makes a huge difference. So I'd love for you to kind of dive into your backstory. And we're going to talk a lot today about entrepreneurship, burnout, lots of things that come with being a business owner But I'd love for you to kind of tell us 
the backstory of how you got to where you are and what you're doing now. Originally, my first career, I was a business consultant for corporate America and oversaw several hundred businesses, really loved it, got to really experience all walks of life from startup companies to multi-million dollar companies. And it really helped me to understand what it all takes. And there's so much more to run a business than what so many people understand. And I even think those of us that do get into and actually own our own, I call it the business of a thousand hats, right? It's, we didn't realize we just had a passion for what we want to become and do and offer. We don't really realize that's the small piece when it comes to opening, you know, and running your show. So I did that for about five years. And then I ended up, my heart was tugging. I come from a family of chiropractors. And so my, my heart started tugging me to go back to school and become a chiropractor. So I did that in my late twenties into my early thirties. And yeah, really excited. It's, it's definitely embedded in me deeply. I'm a fourth generation chiropractor. So when I graduated, I did what most, most of us do. I decided, Hey, I'm going to open my own practice. And, um, you know, looking back, I'm so humbled now and I felt humbled then, but I thought to myself, you know, I've helped so many businesses. I understand how this should be. And anyway, and I, so I opened my clinic, was very blessed. I mean, I worked morning and night, just like all of us do to get it from the ground up and ended up having a waiting list practice, loved my patients, absolutely loved my patients. And my specialty became brainstem injury. And what ended up happening over the uh, next couple of years is I wasn't prepared. I was prepared to kind of run the business and be a chiropractor and do that, but I wasn't prepared for success. Mm -hmm. And that's really what's brought me forth to where I am now. But kind of going back over what transitioned and what happened is, so what started happening is my so many things started to unravel. I was at the top of my profession. I, I, I loved my clinic. I can't say that enough. And I had amazing patients. I had a network team of other doctors from the area that we all networked and referred together. I mean, it was definitely a dream come true, something I had worked so hard. But there was an opposite side. There was the, the side that so many people don't discuss. What started happening, and now I know the term, but at the time I was going through it, I had no idea. So I was in my late 30s and I ended up having a child as well. So now I was holding a a very busy practice. I was a healer. I was a doctor behind closed doors all the time. And now I was also a mom. And what I was not prepared for is how to hold all of those components and to stay on top of everything. Now I know what I was starting to face was burnout. And in the beginning, So many of the signs were very minor. I just started, you know, somewhat resenting my business. I, you know, could not catch up on sleep. I was exhausted beyond all belief. I remember crying myself to sleep, but yet not understanding. I mean, I had everything I had ever wanted, right? I had a family. I had a precious baby girl. I had this business that I had dreamt of, but I mean, I couldn't catch up. I couldn't, it was almost like it was ahead of me and I couldn't catch it. And there were so many emotions that started to show up that I was not prepared for. I had always been one, you know, I was in the health industry. So it was so important for me to, to not only teach my patients how to take care of themselves, but to also do it myself. And that was one of the first things that I started to let go was not taking care of myself. I wasn't drinking the amount of water I needed to do. I wasn't eating properly. Now I was so stressed out at night. I wasn't sleeping. 
I mean, so my health really started to unravel small signs at first, but in the end, it ultimately, and I'll share this as I get there, but in the end, it ultimately almost took my life. But another thing that mentally I wasn't prepared for is you hear it and people who haven't experienced it, they really don't understand, but it's truly lonely at the top. And so I didn't realize that I, I had, I was surrounded, you know, morning, noon and night by people, whether it was my practice, my patients, my, the doctors I networked with and at home, I had my baby girl and, and my family, but I was lonely. I, I felt that I had no one to speak to. I was struggling, you know, with burnout. There was no one there to really hear me. I was ashamed. And so I, yeah, it's, it's, tr- it's so true. And I think it's so important for entrepreneurs in general and doctors to really have a community of like-minded individuals who are actually on the same plane line that they're at. So they really have someone to discuss and to talk with and to be real, right? Because mm-hmm. the next thing what I found is when I started to try to, to really um, to tell my story that, hey guys, I was struggling is that, and I'm sure you've seen this in your profession, it's in all professions, but I can speak on behalf of the health profession that we have this facade, right? This this it's who we are supposed to be. And we have to put on this fake that we've got it all together. And, you know, life is real. And if all of us that know, especially when you become a mom, that all goes by the wayside. I mean, you suddenly you're not in control. You're not in charge. You're exhausted. But yet I, I felt so insecure and I was so full of shame. So I not only now was I like struggling with my health, I was really starting to isolate. And then I had no one to turn to because I was ashamed of what I was struggling with and no one would understand. Mm -hmm. So anyway, life continued on. And so what ended up transpiring is I had, I, I ignored it. I pushed it. I pushed it down. I kept telling myself, oh, if I just attend one more seminar, you know, if I just, this is, I'll get through this, I'm going to make it. I even, you know, I was not even really, to be honest, I was not, I was not nice to myself about it. I, instead of listening to what was being needed to be done, I, I didn't. And so my body ended up being the one that spoke the loudest. And so my burnout continued to cycle for about two, two and a half years. And what ultimately ended up happening was that last year I had four surgeries. And in that meantime, I had, I'll kind of share a little bit just because I want people to know they're not alone. Through this process, I had gone through two miscarriages. And the last one is the one that ended up having three surgeries because things had gone incorrect. But instead of stopping and taking care of myself, I continued to work even through all of it. And so I will never forget the day I was on my hands and knees. My retina had detached and I was going in for surgery that morning. And I remember literally praying to God saying, hey, I, this is the first time in my life. I can't hold what I've created. And I... I know I'm a good doctor. I know I'm a good mama, but I have lost myself in the process. And really remember, it was the first time I was really scared because my body was so needed to step away. It was like my heart spoke to me that I could not sustain what I had created. It was very humbling. I remember after really making that prayer, I mean, I cried for days. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to break the cycle. You know, I had, I had, six month waiting list. I, I wanted to take care of them. I had my baby girl. I can remember this was so heart wrenching for me too. And I, I want to share this because I know so many moms and parents out there are the same. I can remember putting my baby in her crib at night and reading to her and literally just like leaning over her crib and 
telling just please baby go to sleep go to sleep yet she was my most prized possession that i was so exhausted by the end of the day but yet when i would leave her room i would go and cry because all i wanted to do was hold her so i what happened was i had a, a doctor show up and wanted to shadow me and she ended up she fell in love with my clinic and ended up purchasing it about 6 months to a year later And, you know, I decided at that time what I was being called to do against everybody else's recommendations was to follow my heart and soul and to slow down and to be a mom. And so for the last, it was supposed to be two years, it was supposed to be one year, but ended up being two, thankfully now because of COVID, right? So grateful. But I was a mom. I have been a mom. I ended up selling my practice in Texas, moving to Colorado and just really understanding this life. I didn't know how. I knew how to run a business. I knew how to be a doctor. I knew how to take care of patients. What I didn't know personally was how to be a mom and make that my primary. And I realized early on, pretty much as soon as I had her, my priorities of what I needed for me, I couldn't create. I needed to slow down to reevaluate. So I've done that. And now she's in kindergarten and they're in the first grade. And so my soul, uh, I love to work. I've decided I, I want to be able to create a world where we have balance and harmony, but yet I want to give back to both sides. And I think there's a hundred percent away. I know there is. And what I've decided to do now is, and what I've been doing is consulting professional entrepreneurs and doctors who are in the same place that I was and learning how to break the cycle. And so it's, it's been amazing. There's been so many amazing things that are starting to show up and have happened. And, and uh, yeah, so that takes me to where I am today. It's amazing. So I know that it's a super quick backstory, but I can really relate to a lot of the things that you have said. And you know, one of the things that we really talked a lot about was that the kind of goal of success and then, you know, this goal of you, this is what you need to do to be successful. This is where you need to get. And kind of that feeling within ourselves of if I just get here, then I'll be happy, right? Like if I just have this success, then I will have arrived. I will be happy. Everything will be great. But then when you get there and it's not, how devastating is that, right? Like that's, that's though such an example of how we put way too much stock into success, I guess. 100%. I mean, you know, they call it the ever moving glass ceiling, you know, once for, you know, for, I think entrepreneurs in general, it's, if I can just sell this much, then I can, or if I can just make this much money, then it's finally, okay. If I could just have the status quo, and for, you know, doctors and counselors, if I just can help this many patients, help this many people, then I, you know, have this much in my bank account, then I've made it. And mm-hmm. it is so humbling to realize, you know, we're only taught one way that once you have that success, happiness, contentment, all of that follows, right? But what we don't realize is the complexity that comes with it. And, you know, you've put all your time and effort and every bit that you have into our business and then when it creates itself, so many times, I call it the, the cycle of life or the wheel of life. So many times we don't have left of what we really, truly cherish. We have our business and we have p- possibly our finances in control. But a lot of times our 
you know, where our health is, is struggling, our relationships are struggling. We've personally lost ourselves. We don't feel we have that mommy parent guilt. I mean, it's just amazing how the actual cycle of life has diminished, but yet we have that success. Yes. I had a really thriving practice at one point and got to the place of burnout, which I didn't know what it was then either. And just like, you know, the sense of this sucks. I really hate this. <laughs> yes. yes. I don't want to do this anymore. You know, the pressure of all the people depending on you and you're holding up this thing that's a lot of weight. And I remember feeling that that like... I literally want to go and work at Starbucks where the only pressure I have is to get a drink correct. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, yeah. You're so right. I mean, it, I couldn't explain it. I would come home and just, I would literally sit in my closet and I, cause I didn't want to, I was so exhausted. I, I didn't want anything else. I couldn't take on anything else. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had all these amazing friends and I even looking back, I even started isolating from them because I had nothing else to give. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, yes. I remember days where I would come home and be like, don't, don't talk to me. Like, yes. I don't want you to touch me. I don't want you to talk to me. I, I want to go and be by myself because it was completely and totally depleting. Yes. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> I think there's such beauty. I mean, at that point in my life, I'd said, okay, what do I really love to do? And how can I just do that? And so now I'm not responsible for other therapists. I don't have an office manager. <laughs> like I just see the clients and I see them only one day a week because that's what I want. I mean, in-person therapy clients and the other days I'm doing all the other things I love to do. So I just think, gosh, there's it's so important to redefine what success really is for ourselves. Oh, 100%. And I think it's interesting because so many times we don't listen. We just keep going, keep going, keep going. But, yeah. and, and, you know, I've had a lot of people reach out because I, and I think there's two ways to go. I mean, there's not a right or a wrong and everybody has a different, their journey is different, you know? Right. But it's interesting. It's like, I mean, it sounds like you and me kind of did the same thing in regards to more simplifying, mm -hmm. you know, and more so slowing down, pulling in, but there's also ways. I mean, I've had a lot of doctors and entrepreneurs who have continued on the successful wheel, but yeah. they've learned how to release control, hired additional staff, um, and, and, you know, we're able to do it that way. And so, so I think it's really just being true to what you're being called to do. I think that's part of why so many of us don't want to face it because we're scared of, you know, we've created this lifestyle. We can't just walk away from it. How can we step down and recreate it differently? So yeah, there's so many mm -hmm. great ways to approach it. Yeah, that's where I'm at now. I just hired two more people and it's like, I want this to be able to run when I'm not here. I, yes. I think that was a shift in my thinking of all of this stuff can happen without me, where the other way is, well, if I'm not here, nothing happens, right? hundred percent. I think, you know, so many of us entrepreneurs, we love to have that control. I mean, that's what's made us kind of really have the passion and the drive. And so it's a gift, but it also needs to be heard or released when it's time, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we forget how many times, you know, adding additional people to our team, it really allows your voice to be louder and to be heard more and to get to do the things that you love to do and what feeds your soul. Exactly. Yes. I have more space for creativity. 
Yes. Which is what I really want to be doing, which there's no space for when I love that you said the business of a thousand hats because I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> that's so <laughs> true. Because you're doing, I don't know, like all of this stuff you nobody sees, you don't anticipate that you're going to have to do that, right? Like I think, oh, I can just write all the time and just be <laughs> creative all the time. And no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No. And a lot of times, you know, the business stuff comes first. And so, yeah, you completely put the creativity on the back end. And, but yet the creativity is what feeds who you are. It's what keeps that passion alive. And it's just, it's amazing how we get to this place and we put ourselves on the back burner. We put our creativity on the back burner, we, all these things that give us life. And we don't even realize we do it. It's not like we wake up one morning and say, Hey, I- I'm going to do this. It's just, it, we slowly over time, it happens. And then we mm-hmm. wake up one day and look at ourselves in the mirror and realize, who am I? Where have I gone? What am I even passionate about? You know? Yeah. Something you said earlier, I want to come back to because I think it's powerful and I want to dig into it a little bit. And you said, you know, against everybody's advice or against what everybody else thought you should do, you made this move to sell your practice. So can you talk a little bit more about that? That was probably the hardest part that I had to deal with. When I finally came to conclusion, I needed to make some changes. And when I finally decided to be vocal about it, I thought that so much of my support team would support me and stand beside me. But what I didn't realize, and now I've, I do, and I've talked to oh, so many people about this since this has happened, but you know, we tend to idolize individuals who have that are on the outside, you know, they've got their business together and they're successful. But what we tend to forget is they're human beings, right? And that they too are also trying to live a life separate from the business that they've created. And so when I decided that I needed to step down and to completely become a mom, I would honestly say, looking back at it, the majority of my support team left. (laughs) And, and, and I get it now. It was so hurtful at the time because, you know, you think this is so true and you know, in your heart and when you're struggling physically and your health is at bay and you just want to become a mom, like you have all these reasons inside that just it's this burning desire. There's no other way around it. But what I've had to realize is that was my own journey and I had to stick to it and listen to my soul. But yes, what ended up happening is a lot of the doctors I interned under, they were supportive yet. I had actually lost some friendships over it and I'm still devastated because they were amazing people. But I look back and I just didn't understand why, why I was doing it. They weren't there or they weren't willing to admit that they were also struggling, whatever it may be. I support wherever they're at, but also um, those closest to me, you know, my family coming from four generations of chiropractors, my uncle who has a huge clinic down um, in Texas. He didn't understand the doctor I interned under, didn't understand, especially when I told him I was being called to be a mom, you know, and they, they, they just couldn't wrap around it. And they were not unsupportive, but they were not there to help me face this new chapter in my life. So I literally stepped mm. out on my own and there were tears. I mean, there were many tears, but I knew my soul. That's what I had to do for me. I know you you say that you were kind of looking for someone during this time to hear you, but that was not something you could find. 
No, you know, when I first started realizing, hey, there was something wrong, I needed to get help. I actually interviewed quite a few consulting companies at the time, and they were amazing, but they were about growth, expansion, procedure based, right? I had, I mean, I could have always been better. I'm not saying I had it all in place, but I had a lot of that in place. What I was needing was someone to hear me, what I needed as a mom, when I needed to regain myself back. And so, but it was almost like they could see my business but I had become one with my business. And so what I've really, what I've been doing with the practice that I have now with my being able to look at it as one, but then also separating it, because I think, you know, we start individual and then we literally merge into becoming, we are our business and it's hard to see and separate. Yes, we are, but no, your soul longs to do this. You need to be heard. And so, yes, I think if the, the most important person that needed to hear was I needed to hear myself. I was mm-hmm. seeking for so many of my answers out there. I needed someone to hold my space and to hear what I needed to do. And then from there, us make a plan. And that's yeah. how I've constructed Journey from Within is from yeah. that concept. Mm-hmm. Guiding people back to themselves, n- not you need to listen to this formula or you need to do that or whatever it may be, but guiding them back to hearing their own voice. Yes. Yes. It's such a needed, you know, we're in such a society of self-help books, which are great, but really, you know, taking that and then really individualizing it to what's your journey, what's your path, what are you being called to do? Yeah. And such a culture of, and I, I don't know, regular listeners have probably heard me say this a million times, but (laughs) I can't, I can't stand the words hustle and grind, which is such a culture that we're in right. We're in right now, you know, you just have to hustle and, and, you know, get up in the morning at 4am and grind, you know, to be successful and all of those things. And I'm just so turned off by it because the reality is, is none of that is sustainable. No, I mean, and, and that's, you know, we're taught, I think from an early age, especially within our culture, push, 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 you know, and I can remember, I, 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 this stuck in my mind forever. The doctor I interned under, who was an amazing man. I remember him asking like, how many patients do you want to help? And I'm like, oh, you know, that first couple of months I want to help this number. And then he said, well, once you reach that number, how many do you want to help? And then I was like, oh, I'm going to increase it by this amount. And then he kept asking you know, two or three more times. And then he's like, and then when do you feel like you've accomplished what you need? Right. And th- I, that flash that came back to me when I was interviewing these consulting companies, because so many of them wanted to shorten my time span with my patients. They wanted to reevaluate. I mean, but it was still, it was just, it's the hustle and grind, the go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. When really I was longing to slow down. I mm-hmm. had to you know, so it was just interesting to see like the difference and, oh, I'm forever grateful for those little tidbits of information and tidbits, those pearls of life, right? Mm-hmm. Like where you step back and you really say, what is happiness? What is, what am I chasing here? What is success? Is success when I give myself away to what I've created or is success when I actually, you know, get up in the morning and I, I give what I have, but I have my, you know, I take care of myself and I take care of my family and then I give from there, you know? You're listening to a podcast on the Loudspeaker Network. To find other podcasts and unique programming, visit www.loudspeaker.fm. Loudspeaker, diverse voices, unique sound. 
Hey, I'm Carmel Holt, inviting you to join me for Shiro's Radio. Each week, we amplify female-identifying voices in music across genres and generations. Our playlist and weekly interviews celebrate the trailblazers and the visionaries. Listen to Shiro's Radio every week on your favorite station. Follow Shiro's Radio on Instagram and Twitter. And be sure to check out Shiro'sRadio.com. Tune in and turn up the volume. Yeah. Give from a place of you overflowing right. rather than being depleted. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So I want to shift a little bit because you have the overall life of a successful business owner kind of and, and you ha- you say that they're not talked about much, which those are my favorite things to talk about. So. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Yes. <laughs> yes. How okay. are we truly successful in business and how how are we successful in a way that's sustainable, right? Like Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. the long haul. You know, it's interesting, really, one of the things that I work with a lot and with my doctors and entrepreneurs is I call it the five components. And a lot of people, once they come to me, they really are at a position of, you know, they've reached some level of success, but they're longing for something else or they're needing something else. And, And a lot of them are lost, it's the most interesting, you know, but yet society doesn't see that part. They only, they only share it behind closed doors, which I'm sure you see that all the time. Well, I Um, see it and I've been there too. So I can, mm -hmm, you can hold that space and understand without judgment. Right. Totally. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest blessing too, of really getting to share and be there for others. Because once we've been there, we understand it at a whole different level And I want to preface before I get into this, it's been interesting. I've actually put it out there a lot with a lot of questions recently about, you know, have you experienced burnout? What does burnout entail? What does being an entrepreneur entail? And a lot of the judgment that has shown up has been, I want to say it's, it's, I don't want to even say it's sad. It's just, there's, it's, it's unknown that people don't really understand. Right. And it's, they attach something. I think so much and anything that you're dealing with is someone haven't, hasn't gone through it themselves. They tend to have judgment on something. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one of the um, answers that it really, I really took me back to, it made me more passionate about this was someone wrote, well, you're doing something wrong if that's what you're experiencing. Right. And so it really took to heart. Cause I think those of us who have gone through it and in the moment that we were going through it, we felt that we were doing something wrong mm-hmm. and that we could fix it. So some of the things that I really see that is detrimental is so many times, you know, once you've hit, hit the success ladder and you're there and you're, and you're grinding, we'll use that term because so many of us are doing it mm-hmm. and you're hustling every day is we tend to lose who we are. And I always share, there's a story of, I'll never forget. And I recently just published and talked about it, but I was washing my face one morning and I was exhausted. I was, I was exhausted. My, my little one was an infant. I had been up with her in the middle of the night. I had a packed house of patients that morning. And I remember looking in the mirror and I, I could not see my image back at me. Like the person who I was, was not looking at me. I literally had lost myself and the passion. I didn't have my, I I didn't feel like I had life in my eyes. I mean, I was just to a point of, I could barely sustain what I was doing. And so, so many people that I've worked with and have personally talked with um, deal with losing themselves. You know, what's their passion? What are, what do they love to do on their own individually or even professionally? They just get in this routine of 
this is what has to happen. This is, you know, this goal minded, we have this goal mindset, right? That we live in, we just achieve this goal. And then what's your next goal? And you're going to achieve that goal anyway. And it's, it's, oh, it's disheartening when you really realize who am I? What have I become? What am, what am I passionate about? What am I doing? Am I a good mom? I mean, all these questions came flooding in. And I think, you know, one of the biggest things that really can help that and what I've seen and is starting to release control and ask for help, you know, and inside the business, so many of us, you know, like we just discussed about having that control factor, but really realizing what can I have help on? What do I not, you know, how can I still live within my passion, still be creative, still give my gift and refer out or have, you know, hire someone to help me. And then on the personal level, it it really does. I didn't realize that it takes a village to raise a child, but Mm -hmm. it so does. Mm -hmm. It so does. And asking for help and and really realizing what do you need as a parent? What do you need as a mom? If you're being called to be more, you know, part-time, it's figuring out a schedule of how to maintain that. If you still need to be full-time for whatever means, it's still being able to maintain that with the help, whether it's having help at home. There's just so many different ways to look at it, what fits you. But it's really redefining what gives back life is to really to regain yourself. And another one I that is huge is is really understanding that so many of us are lonely. Like I had disclosed and talked about before was being lonely at the top and you're so exhausted. You also go into somewhat of an isolation. So there is a, there's a part that you create because again, the exhaustion, you literally just at the end of the day have nothing else to give. And then there's also the loneliness. Do you think that loneliness is created by the facade? Oh, yes. And I think so many of the professions because I, it's, it, I've even been humbled now being on the other side and consulting and coaching and being with all of these people going through it. They're so afraid to admit mm-hmm. I need help. They're so afraid to admit that, I mean, you know, coming from the holistic community that they may not feed their child the most nutritious meal. It's, it's right. It's so true. I mean, and, and that, you know, there are days that where we use electronics with our children and, you know, with that comes guilt. I had a nanny that helped me raise, but then the guilt that came with that, because here I am, yes, I had the blessing of having help, but my most precious prized possession was being raised by somebody else's morals and ideas. And it's literally having the ability to be real, to be authentic, to raise our hand in whatever profession we're in and say, you know what? I am struggling here and we need to look at how we can change that. You know, I had someone that actually messaged me the other day and I think it, don't quote me on this, but there's some other countries. I want to say one, maybe Australia or Austria, but one of them, they actually, there is a diagnosis for burnout. And when someone is at that moment, they actually pay for their employee to go six weeks and do some type of vacation or inner self work. Mm. And that is something that it, burnout is even not even, I mean, it's unheard of here, you know, yeah. it's, there's not, oh, you're dealing with burnout. That's it. And so, but I, yeah, I hope, ahead. I hope we're not far behind. I mean, that would be nice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Yes. But yeah, to your answer, 100%, I think if we didn't have and create the facade, it would be much easier to say, Hey, I'm struggling. And then it's the cycle, right? We go through struggles, you know, and a lot of the struggles come when we're raising our children and they're small and we're trying to run a business at the same time. And so it's just the circle of life and respecting the individual for where they're at and hearing them for what they need and helping them get into place. What will 
help them, you know, turnkey and to actually break the cycle. Yeah. There's a famous person who says that a lot. It's, it's lonely at the top, but more in a way of you just have to embrace it and get used to it. And that's just the way it is, which infuriates me (laughs) that that's what's being taught. You know what I mean? That, oh yeah, well, this is just the way it is. So shut your mouth. Don't say anything. Pretend like you have it all together. You're going to be lonely here. And you know, this is a successful, what a lot of people look at this person and say, wow, how successful is this person? But this person doesn't have family relationships. Those have all been severed and, you know, no relationship with their children. And so it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. I I just think that it doesn't have to be that way. Like for us to be able to have that awareness of, I don't have to be, I don't have to be lonely in this. No, and, and that it's okay to ask and to be a part of and to have your colleagues and your friends and to be real. You know, I'm exhausted. Hey, I have an intense patient. It's just, there's so many things that I think that the facade, you know, it, it needs to be talked about even more. Cause I do think, you know, I just, I can tell from my personal story, I think I waited too long because I was hiding behind the facade. And then when I finally did speak my truth, I didn't have the feedback that I needed to support me on my new journey. And Mm -hmm. so I hid and continued to hide behind that and act as if everything was okay. Right. And Mm -hmm. that's, it's facade is very dangerous, very Mm -hmm. dangerous because we are all real. We are not perfect. Nobody is. We, you know, being a parent, being a mom is hard. It's intense. It's one of the biggest blessings out there. So is being a business owner more than what so many of us ever thought it would entail. And just being real, being willing to be vulnerable, being willing to, because, you know, yeah. And having, truly having the courage to say, Hey, I need help. Mm -hmm. Something has to change. What do we need to look at? And just going with that, you know? Totally. And another thing where a lot of people struggle with is mommy guilt. And I didn't even know this word existed prior to having my daughter. Oh my goodness. It's so real. And I mean, we'll even parent guilt in general. And, you know, I think we, many of us created our businesses prior to having children or -hmm. our careers prior to having children. And then now enters into motherhood, parenthood, fatherhood. And and what we didn't realize or take into place or was the sudden urge of wanting to be with this child a lot. I mean, you have this guilt. I can remember literally getting dressed in the morning and crying, leaving Mm -hmm. my house, sitting in front of my office on time, but actually going in late, trying to gather myself because I'd left my baby at home. But yeah, and then I get into my office and I loved that, but I felt I was guilty there. But then I'd be with my daughter at home. And then I felt the tug of war that nobody really discusses, mm-hmm. right? And and yet there's both sides that feel that they're right and wrong. Oh, you're, you've got the stay-at-home moms. And I've been one now. Ooh, that is intense and hard and amazing in itself, right? But you've got those who view that point. And then you've got the others who are... We've, Yours, you know, if you have a business, then you're a business owner. You could do it all. But there's such, instead of really looking at both sides, no side is right or wrong, but the emotion is still there. So it's owning that emotion and how can we deal with it? And, you know, for me, I needed to slow down. For others, it's getting help. It, there's no right or wrong, just owning it, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. it's real. It's so real. Totally. Yeah. I've just in the last year, you know, trying to work from home and have Logan home and, the guilt about 
he's on video games too much or, you know, right now he's in the other room on his iPad because I'm here recording and working. And so that's a big, that's been a big one for me. But I remember even when I had a full-time, after I graduated from college, I I had a bachelor's in psychology, so I couldn't get a job anywhere. So I ended up getting a job in retail and Aubrey was so little and I would literally go in the back shoe room and ball my eyes out because I missed her. I wanted to be with her. I didn't want to be there. It was so terrible. And so I think it can be in so many different situations. It really is like a tearing of like the self, right? Oh, it. And again, I, you know, I was almost 38 when I had my daughter. So there, you know, I had, I was, had been career all the way for many years. I mean, to this day, I, I can remember asking the doctor, okay, now when can I get back to work right before I had her, you know, and he literally had this bewildered look on his face. Like, are you seriously asking me this? But that was so important. And I loved what I did that much, you know, but then the second I held her, my whole inner being shifted Mm. and, and I suddenly now it was it was different. I mean, it was like, I almost, I, I viewed the world differently. I had different feelings. I, I shifted my whole, you know, how do I now take care of her first? And then this business second. And I can honestly say, I mean, I would say the first year, two years of her life, I mourned the old me. Mm-hmm. Like, who am I now? Who was I then? How in the world could I not see this happening? How, how do I merge these two worlds to, to work together? How, yes, along that with the guilt and the shame and the crying and the sadness, right? But on the other side, the flip side of that, holding the joy and the love and wanting to be at, at both at the same time. Yeah. Yep. When I was pregnant with Logan, the doctor put me on bed rest and said, your job is stressing you out too much. I'm essentially forbidding you to work. And so because my blood pressure was going so high and I was just a complete mess. And then after he was born, I was back to work in three weeks. Mm. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. why, why do we do that to ourselves? I, I little different story, mm-hmm. but same. I, yeah really hard. And I had a C-section and they were like, you need to take 12 weeks off. And I was back at six weeks. Yeah. And I, looking back, I, by no, my body was not ready. I mean, mm-hmm. I, physically I could, I couldn't sustain what I was getting into mentally. I mean, oh, why? I mean, and looking back, no, that's not how it should be. Yeah. Right. right. Well, yeah. and I think for me, it was the pressure of these people are depending on me and I, they need me to be there that shift. And I think there's some people pleasing wrapped up in there where I really could have said, and now I know better, right? Right. But I could have said, Hey, this other therapist is filling in for the next 12 weeks. And yeah, but yeah, yeah. it's so hard. And, and, you know, the blessings of learning the lessons, right? So we can at least share our story so that others that are facing her in the moment, you know, there are other options and it's okay to say no. Yeah. Yes. It's okay to take care of yourself. It's okay to, to not be the one taking mm-hmm. care of everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Yes. So these are your five components. We've kind of talked about them in, in general. I, I, I feel like I took us down lots of rabbit holes. <laughs> no, that's good. <laughs> No, that's okay. I love it. It makes it more authentic. (laughs) All right. Good, good. Real. Yes. So then the last one, which we've talked a lot about is the burnout and the health issues. 
oh, it's so real. I, you know, I've been just now really becoming or getting out to be public about it and let's discuss it and let's look at it from different perspectives. And I cannot tell you how many people have contacted me, but the interesting thing, what I have found is so many of them contact me privately because they don't want to be seen mm-hmm. that they are struggling. And again, that goes back to the facade, but on the flip side of that, still, I'm so grateful to you know have a safe space for them to understand, Hey, I'm not alone. There are, there are ways to break the cycle. There are people who understand where I'm at. You know, yes, many people can't hear me, but there are those that have gone through it who are ready to help, you know, get me back on the path at which I need to be. But yes, burnout is real. And again, there's so many different layers. You've got, you know, the beginning burnout where you're just kind of resisting your, you know, whatever you're doing, your business, your, your career, resisting some of your, you know, family members or your friends or where you're just tired. So you have the minor isolation kind of component step in, and then you get more to the levels. I mean, it's just like a different tier. And I think if you, what I'm hoping is to get it out there. So, so many people understand they can see the signs earlier on and reach out and say, Hey, what needs to change? You know, I'm still, I've still got my health intact. I've still got my business going the way it needs to be. I still got my family, but Mm -hmm. something needs to change. Let's look at it all as whole and individualize it and then see what we're being called to do. Mm -hmm. And I think so many times, if you can approach it, then it's easier to really make changes at that point. But so many times, again, people stay silent and then it gets to the next layer and the next layer. And again, you know, I, I was septic when I sold my clinic and I was literally looking at death in the face and it was the most humbling thing. And it's taken me almost two years to get my health back. And I just wish, you know, and that's why I say it's so important to be heard. I was trying to speak out, but, and it's not that they were wrong, but they didn't understand where they had not personally gone through it. These, you know, consultants had not gone through it. And so their structure was not built around what I needed. Do you have some warning signs or red flags you can kind of tell our listeners about if they're, you know, starting in that first layer and what things to kind of watch out for? Yes. I think one of the big things is exhaustion. And it's not a, oh, I'm tired today. It's the kind of exhaustion where you cannot, even if you have a laid back weekend or you've gone on a vacation, it's the exhaustion where it's physically and mentally, and you can even include spiritual. I mean, it's just your whole being starts to kind of fade and you can't pull yourself out. Another is, you know, what we talked about. It's the early signs too. It's you know, who you used to be, if you used to be prior, you love to go to dinner with friends and family. And, you know, you love to have people over for cookouts or, you know, engage with your spouse and to do dates or whatever. And where you find yourself suddenly longing to be by yourself in a closet, like many times I did, and where you're really, you're starting to isolate because you have nothing else to give. And then I really think another big one is, you know, and it's hard to speak because you, I feel like I'm this loving person, but I really started to feel resentment, Mm -hmm. resentment to where you start pushing back. You resent your career. You resent your family. You resent, I I loved my baby girl with all of my heart, but I, there was a side of me where I was like, just go to sleep, you know, and, and it's so hard to just, just sleep, just please. And that, but yet, I would leave from that moment and go cry because that's not truly how I felt. I just had nothing left to give. Mm -hmm. And so I think those are, I mean, there's so many more there's health, you know, and it's, we're not talking about, yes, occasionally we all get a cold. We occasionally get the flu, but it's things that are really detrimental um, of where you start to have a lot of serious health issues. 
So there's so many components, but those are, I would say, are really some of the top ones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people like you are making a shift in our in our consciousness in a sense, right? Like in our awareness about about these issues and, and getting back to ourselves and really rejecting the grind yourself into the ground to be successful and have money kind of view that so many of us were raised with, right? And oh, so I think it's powerful and I I just love to be able to continue to normalize this. Like, let's make this the new normal. Yes. And that it's okay. And that it's okay to face burnout. Because really, at the end of the day, it's all it is, is your soul, your inner being is saying, hey, something needs to make a change here. It's almost like someone's at your door. Hey, something needs to make a change here. But the longer you don't listen, it gets louder. It gets Mm -hmm. louder and louder. And And then that's where, you know, things really just start to transpire, but it's about, you know, making it not wrong, but other than an opportunity of, all right, let's look at what you've created. How can we change it? What needs to be changed? You've got the answer. So let's really dive into what you're being called to be or to do at this moment in time and get you back on track to what gives you passion in life. So yeah, losing the whole thing that it's wrong or there's shame around going through it. It's Mm -hmm. actually a beautiful thing. It's your body telling you, Hey, let's make a change. Yes. Yeah. That listening to ourselves is so important. Yes. And unfortunately we can deny that voice (laughs) quite a bit sometimes. (laughs) 100%. It just doesn't go away. It gets louder, Uh, you know? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I've had, you know, clients where they're like, I just don't understand why all of a sudden I'm getting these terrible headaches and I have to lay in bed for two days. And I'm like, well, (laughs) your body is saying enough is enough is enough. And so if you're not going to pay attention, if you're not going to listen to me, I'm going to stop you in your tracks. Oh, you bet. And I, you know, as sick as I was and going through all those surgeries, I'm grateful because if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't have raised my white flag and said, okay things have to change. I would have kept, I would have overpowered it with my mind Mm -hmm. and my drive and who I've been taught to be. And eventually who knows where I would be today. So I'm so grateful my body spoke up, you know? What do you feel has been the most vital to your growth? You know, I I thought about this a long time when it's such an important question. And I want to say, honestly, living life, living life and learning to listen to myself you know, we live in such a world where we seek our answers out there and we feel others have what need, what we need to do. And yet as individuals, I feel like we really need, we have our own journey and our own voice is speaking to us. We just have to slow down and listen. And I find so many times that road may be lonely, but to keep that path, to keep, keep going on your path. And because that's what you're being called to do. And along the way, find those that will see you, that will hear you, that will understand you and stand beside you. It's your journey. You know, you really need support along the way. And so I honestly, I would say that's been my most vital part of my growth of who I've become today is I had to finally listen within and figure out my journey of what needed to be done to get me to where I need to be. Walking away from this podcast, what do you want to make sure that people know? that it's okay to be unique, to break the cycle of what's expected of us as entrepreneurs, as doctors, to really, to listen. And if something, if you're, if you've got something knocking at your door or your soul is calling you, 
to be or to do something else, to listen, that it's okay. We have one life to live and, you know, it, it, it's time you live it and to be, and to be in a position that gives you life. Yes. All right. So how can people find you if they want to get connected to you, want to hear more from you and hear about what you're offering? What's the best place for them to do that? You can definitely look me up on my personal Facebook page. It's under Tasha R. Smith. And I'm also on LinkedIn. Awesome. And I'll have those links in the show notes also. All right. And the name of your business, can you say it again? Journey Mm -hmm. from Within? Yes. Journey from Within. Yes. Beautiful. Imagine if we all had, if we were all doing in our life, what was our calling from within? Like how different would the world in general be? Oh, you know, it'd be amazing. And and to take that even farther and to understand that we're evolving. So what we're being called to do today may not be what we're being called to do tomorrow, but to listen because our gifts change along the way and we learn and to be able to still give from that and to let ourselves be free enough to be in that moment and to give from that space. I mean, I think we'd be a lot, we'd be a society with a lot more inner peace mm-hmm. and a lot more contempt and, and to be able to give back because we're giving back from what we have to offer. That's true to us. Thank you for listening to the We Podcast. What a seriously important conversation this was. So don't forget that it's okay to be unique and break the cycle. As always, I'd love to hear about your thoughts, takeaways, or favorite moments from the episode. Post the episode on social media with your biggest ahas and make sure to tag me so that I can see and interact. Make sure you're following me and the We Spot on Facebook and Instagram so that we can stay connected. This show is produced by Loudspeaker Networks. Also credit to my talented daughter for creating my show music. You can find more of the WE podcast as well as many other awesome things on the network at loudspeaker.fm. If you heard something that touched you, don't forget to share with your friends. Remember, your story makes you who you are. Speak your truth, show up for the hard conversations, choose growth, and always know that you are not on this journey alone. See you next time. This has been a production of Loudspeaker Networks. For more on this and other programs, visit loudspeaker.fm.